God to speak. We're expecting him. We have been on a fast uh, since actually um, Monday, and we will go until actually Friday. And so we're really, uh, not Friday, I'm sorry, Sunday. <laughs> and so we're really pressing into the things of God just to get to another level in him, uh, to hear more clearly uh, what he's saying in this hour, um, to uh, just be in his presence, you know, um, and so it's just been a really refreshing time for us all as a body, and, uh, and I am uh, deeply honored and privileged to be able to come to you with a word today. Um, I believe that this word uh, uh, came to me from God, and uh, really hope, hopefully that everybody would uh, receive what God is saying in this uh, hour. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Uh, Father, we just lift you up and magnify your holy name. We exalt you today, God. We thank and praise you for this word that you have uh, prepared. Um, and I yield it over to you so that your perfect will will be done. I thank you and I praise you now for um, clarity. I thank you and I praise you now for um, uh, just you being here with me uh, to deliver this word in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you for uh, keeping me. <laughs> Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties here, so bear with us. Uh, but we're just uh, excited for what God has prepared. Um, we are endeavoring to... For you to use as you please, use me as you please. I decrease now so that you will increase in your power and your anointing. I thank you right now that every ear is open to hear and every heart is open to receive. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me, think through my mind right now. Uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so tonight uh, we're going to talk about something uh, very uh, interesting. And I, the Lord gave me this word um, in light of what's going on. There's a lot of fighting going on right now uh, in our world. Um, they were fighting initially with the pandemic, people fighting for their life and uh, people fighting not to get uh, the coronavirus and uh, people fighting not to be in fear and uh, it's been a fight. And then with the brutality that's going on in the world now, there's a lot of fighting going on. And so the Lord wanted me to talk a little bit about fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. That's my title uh, today. Fight the good fight. Um, because the thing about it is um, all of us uh, at one point or some point in our life have actually been in a fight or currently going uh, through a fight or in a fight. And so, uh, but the question is, is the fight that you're in, is it a good fight? It's a good fight. Is it a good fight? You know, many people are fighting bad fights. <laughs> many people are fighting bad fights. We fight to save face. We fight... Uh, we fight to uh, on holding on offenses. You know, if something, somebody offended us, we fight to hold on to that offense and we won't let them go. We won't forgive. Uh, we're fighting over things that are not beneficial when it's all said and done. 
you know, when I think about people that have lost um, a loved one or, you know, uh, someone sick, for whatever reason, we start to think about those things that we either said or did in a fight. Um, and so when, when, we, when we're forced to, when someone is about to, you know, uh, lose, let's say, you know, something major happens to a parent or something major happens to a friend or a relative uh, that you've had a fight with, you can never take back what you said and then, you know, or how it made that person feel. You can't never take it back. And so when you look back over your life, especially those, those times when, again, the person is maybe already deceased or maybe in the hospital or whatever, you start to reflect on the things that you said and things that, you know, really the fight wasn't even all that deep. You ever been in a situation where it's like, you know what, when you think about it in hindsight, it really wasn't even all that deep, but we made it deep, we made it big, and it, and, and, and it cost us. And so it, that particular situation might not have been a good fight. And so we fight for, for perspectives, uh, perspectives that we uh, know are not right. We find every excuse and reason not to change. I know for me, I would. I mean, I would, you know, find a reason why, particularly if it's something very difficult for me, I would find a reason why I couldn't change. Because number one, I didn't believe that change was possible. And then number two, I just didn't believe I could change. And so I found myself, uh, you know, basically uh, coming up with a reason or an excuse not to change. We fight for the freedom to be incarcerated. Now listen to this. We fight for the freedom to be incarcerated in our mind. Now that, that, that's a little play on words, but it's, it's, it's interesting. We fight for the freedom to be incarcerated in our mind. The strongholds of unforgiveness, excuses, being a perfectionist. You know, some people say, that's just the way I am. But that's a, that's a controlling person. Self-loathing, fears, lust, pride, selfishness, low self-esteem are some of the bars that imprison our mind. It becomes strongholds in our mind. And so, you know, we fight for the freedom to be incarcerated in our own mind. Those things actually grieve us. As much as we want to hold on to those things, they grieve us. Those things uh, stunt our growth. Those things, uh, it, it keeps us locked in a, a, a certain age even. Of, of, of lack of maturity. And so it's imperative that we uh, understand that we can literally be incarcerated in our mind. You know, the worst thing is, is somebody that is not in jail, you know, in their mind, they're locked up versus the person that's in jail and they're not locked up in their mind. They're free as a, as, as a bird in jail. That happens a lot. And so there's a war going on in our mind, but we, we are not uh, using the right weapons to fight it. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after, after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God 
and bringing every uh, thought captive, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and having in the readiness to avenge all disobedience of when your obedience is fulfilled. Now that was a whole mouthful right there. And, uh, but we have to do that because the thing about it is the enemy is trying to plant thoughts and, and, and imaginations in our, in our mind. And so when it comes, uh, uh, Sister Venetia said, you know, you got to cast it down immediately. You can't just uh, let the devil put all these thoughts on your mind like it's a playground and then you just don't check it. You know, you have to check every thought. I have to check every thought. And that's something that takes, t it takes time. It takes uh, discipline. It takes diligence to do that. But it's so important that we do that because if we don't, if we do not check our minds, it will have us doing all kinds of crazy things. It will, it will have us believing in lies. I mean, blatant lies. It literally will have us really not walking in freedom and liberty in the way that God has called us to. We can be so locked up in our minds with low self-esteem and feeling, you know, uh, 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 like I said, there's people that, that, that just loathe into, you know, I, I, I'm no good. I can't do anything right. I mean, they're just constantly on, you know, beating on themselves. You know, a lot of people, they beat on their, they don't need to be in the fight with nobody. They're in the fight with themselves. They fight in themselves. And so we have to cast down those thoughts that comes against the knowledge of God and bring them, uh, you know, uh, under the obedience of Christ Jesus. That's so important. So, so important. And uh, one place uh, that Satan uses against us, as I said, is in our mind. But we have to fight to be free of negativity. How many y'all I know for me negativity was something that I did like breathing like I could be negative for I could see the wrong in everything at one time and the Lord had to arrest me and work on me because although I because you got your 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 pragmatic person you got the realist um I'm a realist <laughs> I've learned that about me I, I'm a realist now I've got I've, I've gotten better at it but I call it like I see it you know, if it's black and white, it's black and white. It's, there is no gray area. But I learned that I had to embrace the gray area because the gray area is the very thing that the enemy didn't want me to see. Because he, he if I saw that gray area, that gray area represented understanding. And understanding, if you seek first to understand, there's understanding in everything. But if you look at things through the lenses of, you know, black and white, and there's no gray area, then you set yourself up for failure. And so it's important that uh, we, you know, we, we, we don't, we fight to free ourselves from negativity. When we focus, this is what I wrote down, when we focus on neg negative thoughts that have not happened, listen at this, when we focus on negative thoughts that have not happened, we already suffer as if it did. So, you might have a double suffer. I mean, <laughs> if, 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 if the thing, because like Job, the very thing that he feared came upon him, right? Because he, he, he thought of the worst case scenario. Well, imagine when he first started to think on those thoughts, those negative thoughts, he was feeling it then, but then he also felt it again when it actually happened. So we waste time and energy by uh, basically um, 
thinking on those negative thoughts. What a waste of time and energy. The time and energy that we could actually spend praying and, and confessing what we want the outcome to be. Now, if we're going to fight, make it a good fight. If we're going to fight, make it a good fight. Too many couples are fighting bad fights. At the end of the day, when you're a couple and you fight each other, no one wins. No one wins. We, we, we always say this, we have to fight to be in agreement because the enemy is trying to, you know, cause division. And so, you know, think about, like, like I think about some people that maybe are, you know, their, their loved one is sick, as I said earlier, or they're about to lose their loved one. And they think about all the things they said, all the regrets that they had. And in that moment, none of that mattered. In that moment, they wish they could take back all the things that they said, all the thoughts that they had towards the person. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we uh, start to think like that when people are in those kind of desperate situations. But the goal is, is don't take our, our people for granted. Don't take our loved ones for granted. Don't take friendships for granted. Don't take uh, your children for granted. You know, how we interact with them, we can't take that for granted. Because when, it, when it's all said and done, first off, people change. I, I, you know, I was kind of reflecting on, you know, sometimes we can get, we could be angry with someone and uh, it could be a close relative or whatever. And then when you think about it, that person's not the same, but you still playing off of the old person that you, you know of. And, and so we got to watch that because people are evolving. Everybody is evolving and everybody ha deserves a chance. We got to give people a chance. So we're talking about fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. It's a bad fight when you have to fight with someone and the fight has lasted longer than the day you fought them. <laughs> That's a bad fight. If that fight that you have with your, your uh, husband or wife, you know, goes into the next day, the next week, the next year, that's a bad fight. That's not a good fight. We fight over cars and homes and money and children and siblings and parents and relatives and jobs. We, fought, we fight on the jobs. We fight ourselves, as I said earlier. We fight to save face. That's another thing. We fight to save face because we don't want to be humble enough to tell somebody, I don't know what I'm doing. So we fight to save face or prove that we're smart. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I, that's, a, that's an area for me that I realized about myself um, that if I feel challenged, like someone is looking at me some kind of way, I will fight to prove that I'm smart. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, when, when you've grown up in a, like, you know, I was, a, I was a teenager when I got pregnant, and so I didn't get a chance to finish high school. I did get my GED eventually, but it's still, to me, I felt like I was, I was missing something. So I always felt like I needed to sound like I knew what I was talking about. I always felt like there was a, uh, there was a void of my 
uh, educational growth, you know, and I did end up going to college and spending some, you know, uh, co getting college credits, but, you know, and I did graduate out this one, uh, I call it a poop at school. <laughs> It was a business. It was a business college. I did graduate there, and then I went on to do some uh, ministry uh, uh, courses, and uh, graduated with that. So you know, but there was something in me that that for whatever reason I felt insecure with how people perceive me. Now most people didn't know that I didn't graduate, but in my mind I had a thought like maybe they might think that I'm not smart. And so I battled. I battled to try to prove if I was in a, uh, a heated argument with somebody, oh, you better believe I'm going to try to win because I want them to know, listen, I hear you. I know what you're talking about. And this is, this is A, B, C, or D, you know. Um, so sometimes we fight to save face or to prove we're smart. We fight, we, we fight to hold on to offenses and grudges. You know, there are people in our life that we have not let them go. We've been holding on to when they said, you know, you were not going to be anything and you end up being something. But, <laughs> but you're, fight, you're holding on to those type, type of grudges, those offenses. And that's not good. That is not good. So we got we to gotta know that what kind of fight are we in? Is it a good fight or is it a bad fight? Now, it's a bad fight when you have to fight with someone and the fight lasts longer than the day. I think I said that. It, it lasts longer than the day. Uh, it's a bad fight when you can't remember what you were fighting about in the first place. <laughs> how, many, how many times that has, has that happened? You know, you don't remember what that fight was. All you, do, all you know is, well, I just know I was hurt. You don't even know what the person said to hurt you. You just, I just know I was hurt. That just didn't feel right. That's a bad fight. Now, here are some things to consider to gauge if it's a good fight. Is it noble? Is it noble? Does it, does it dishonor the person? Is it helpful? Is it helping the person? Is it worthy? Is it beneficial? Does it make things better for each other? You know, sometimes we're in a fight. We're only, we're in a fight for ourselves. We don't look at how is this going to affect the other person? Because really, a good fight, two people can come out as winners. A good fight. And so those are some things that you can think about, you know, to, to gauge if you're in a good fight. And if, if, if none of these things, uh, if you, you know, if, if you can't use that as a gauge uh, or if you use that as a gauge and it's the opposite, then you know you're in a bad fight. So let's not waste our lives on fighting bad fights. Let's go to Romans 12, 19. Romans 12, 19. Thank you, Lord. It says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. That is so big right there because, you know, God is saying, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I 
rather, really, when you think about it, I would rather God pay someone back than me because God knows what can affect that person. Pastor said that, uh, I'm going to say it the way I think uh, I'm paraphrasing. He says, um, God will handle the person, but we don't need to see it. (laughs) Sometimes we feel like we need to see that person pay. If we saw how God handled the person, we would probably think the price they paid was not good enough. So that's why it can't be that you, you watch in on what they're reaping, you know, the, what, the, what they sow, because you'll look at that situation and be like, uh, I don't think that's good enough. I think they need to pay more. And the, pro- the problem with that is God sees everything. So he knows what's going to cause effect for that person. And what you think might be menial may be huge for that person. So trust that God, vengeance is his, saith the Lord. You know, we have to, we got, we have to, we have to, uh, uh, you know, yield over to him. Uh, God knows what would affect, as I said, that person. Therefore, we must stand still and see his salvation. Moses answered the people in Exodus 14, 13, do not be afraid. Stand still and watch the Lord. We, that's our problem. We, we move too quickly. We move too quickly. We react instead of responding. You know, I mean, we react. It's sort of like what's going on even right now. We're reacting. We're not, we're not thinking it through, you know. And when, when you think things through, uh, you have a better result. You have a better result when you think things through. So we have to watch uh, reacting First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. Have you ever seen a drunk man fight? <laughs> Seriously, have you ever seen a drunk man fight? Oh, my God, it is hilarious. And they lose every single time. I wish I had a video of, because they've got a lot. I looked in YouTube, and there was a whole lot of drunk people fighting. Uh, but, but some of them were, were really bad because, you know, they were cursing, or one of them, the, the britches fell off and saw, you know, uh, his glory. And, uh, <laughs> and so, but, but a drunk person fighting looked like a fool. They look like a fool. He, you know, he loses every time because he has no control over his body and his mind. He doesn't have any control over it. Um, and uh, when a drunk man, when a, when a person is drunk, I don't know if y'all ever been drunk. I've been drunk before, believe it or not. I, I've been drunk before. Um, but as a, as, yeah, you could, the thing about a drunk is, or someone who got drunk, because I wasn't a drunk, but I got drunk. <laughs> Put it like that. I wasn't a habitual drinker. I mean, you know, I drunk when I did, and and <laughs> but but I but I experienced what they call blackout. Blackout. You don't remember a thing. You don't remember when you told your child, you know, hey, you can have this, and you the next day you'd be like, why you got that? Well, you told me I could have that. You know, you don't remember things. We can't go blind and not see. The worst thing is to be in a fight and not even know you're in one. 
There are a lot of times, y'all, that we are in a fight and we don't even realize we're in a fight. That's, the, that's a tragedy right there. The other thing is we can fight the wrong person. Let's go to Ephesians 6.12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's telling us that, you know, a lot of times we could be so focused on the person, but what we're really fighting is a spirit. There's an influence that the person is operating in, and we get so angry with the person, and what's so interesting is we don't even pick up on that, because the, the, the same thing that that person got you in the flesh, somebody else could do the same thing, and it, it has the same effect. It's, it's not the person, it's a spirit. And so you can't fight a natural, uh, we'll say natural uh, war, or battles with uh, natural weapons. If it's a spiritual war, you have to have spiritual weapons to fight it. And so it's important that we understand that. Uh, sometimes you could be in a fight with the wrong person, you know, with your parents, with your wife, you know, with the people in your life that, that you love or you say you love, you know, you could look at them and, and almost feel like they're doing something to you. And it's not them, it's that spirit that they're yielding to. It's that spirit that's trying to uh, make you feel bad. It's that spirit. It's not that person. That person oftentimes don't even know they're being used. And so we got to watch the fighting the wrong person. That's so big right there. That is so big. I mean, you know, how many of us have, have, have been really, uh, see, this is, this, is, this is what I learned. When you give a person a title and a position, there are certain expectations that you have just because they have that title and they have that position. But it's a setup because if you have in your mind, hey, this person is my parent, they should be like this just because they have the title of a parent or position as a parent. Same thing with your boss or whoever. When we start to focus on title and positions, it literally uh, uh, can, it, it can cause you to set yourself up and set them up because you have expectations they can't meet. Just because they have a title as a parent doesn't mean they have what it takes to be the parent that you need or that you want them to be. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, people, uh, the thing about it is when you came into this earth, when we came into this earth, it wasn't like our parents had a manual. It wasn't like, even if they had five and six children, that they knew what to do to each child. Each child is different. But because they saw it work for one child, they tried to apply the same principle to the other child, and it, it crushed that child. But it's, it, the problem is the parent just doesn't know. 
but because they have that title and because they have that position, our expectations for them to come through is unrealistic and it's a setup for you and them. Every single time, our parents are not perfect. We're not perfect as parents. You know, you know now that I'm talking about this, I remember um, just dealing, and y'all hear me all the time talk about unforgiveness because that's an area that I've struggled in, in in some cases. But I had to learn that what 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 I was doing was I held someone accountable for, I mean, he would have to be me. My, my relative would have to be me in order to really realize the impact of what that person did or didn't do. Wasn't that the person was evil, it was they just didn't know. That's the thing, y'all, we gotta release people that just doesn't, they don't know. They don't know any better. You know, if you know any better, you'll do better. Some people just don't know. And so we have, to, we have to make sure that we're not fighting the wrong person. We're fighting a spirit is what we're fighting. Uh, the other thing about uh, being sober is, uh, or, 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 you know, for a drunk man, because we was talking about the drunk man, is poor coordination. <laughs> the devil is coming at you one way, but you are fighting another way. 1 Corinthians 9.26 says, don't fight like one beating the air <laughs> or what they call shadow boxing. You ever seen people shadow box? <laughs> it's like they're beating the air. They move around throwing punches in the air, but not landing any. The other thing is we got, it said for us to be vigilant. Be careful uh, or, or, or keep careful watch for possible dangers or difficulties. This is, I'm still talking about the, the little uh, drunk person. <laughs> we got to be sober is what it was saying. Be vi vigilant. Uh, he's, 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 his, his vision is blurred and he can't see straight. You know, if you've ever been, like I said, drunk, your, your vision changes and you don't see straight. You also have mental confusion. James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Mental confusion. Now, in any fight, it's important to know who we're fighting and what the real reason or the goal. Jesus tells us uh, who is trying to come against us and how, let's, let's, go to, let's go to John 10. He tells us who's coming against us, John 10.10. 10. It's important to know who we're fighting. John 10, 10. All right. It says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. This is Jesus talking. And that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. And so the thief is what comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's coming to steal 
And that what he's doing is to take another person's property. You know, when you think about stealing, it's taking another person's property without permission or legal right and without uh, intending to return it. He's trying to steal from us. He's trying to kill. He's trying to put an end to something. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to put an end to the existence of something by damaging it and attacking it. So what is Satan really after is the question. What is he really after? What is he trying to steal or kill or destroy? I submit to you today, what he's trying to do is he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy our faith. Our faith in God. He doesn't want us to see that God is our Father and that God loves us and that God has a plan for us. He doesn't want us to see that. He knows that if we ever get the revelation of these truths, we can't be stopped. We would win every single battle because we would not fight them. We would let God fight them for us. He wants, to he wants us engaged in the fight. Basically, he wants us to stand in the way of God. Like, like, like let me, let's do this. I, I need three people in, in uh, social distance. Uh, so, yeah, you can, you can come up. So, three people. As long as we, we have, uh, you don't have your mask. It's, it's, it's fine. As long as we're six feet, you know, you can come on up here. <laughs> so for those of you that are on uh, the conference call, so I've, I've called three people up. Um, you can come up here. <laughs> okay. And, um, and so... What happens is, and I, I don't even know why I called three. I really only, yeah, I need three people. I guess I do need three people. So you're going to be God. I know you're like that, don't you? <laughs> he loves it. Look at him. He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, you're going to be, uh, well, let's see. We got here. We got God. So let's, let's have you and him. Well, I need you in the middle. Well, I need you. Actually, you you right where you're at. I need you in the middle here. And can you come just a little bit closer? Yeah, I think is that six feet there. Y'all could come. Can y'all catch the? Can y'all catch them in the camera? Bring come just a little more. Tell them when to stop. Okay. So for for people online, I've got three people up here. We've got God. We've got uh, Hope, who basically uh, maybe dealing with a challenge in her, let's say she's having a challenge with uh, her, uh, her son. <laughs> she's having a, a challenge with her son. He's been disobedient. He just hasn't been listening. He's, uh, but let's assume that he's like a teenager. I really needed a teenager because this would have really worked better. But it's okay because, you know, there's some defiant little kids too. <laughs> but let's say uh, you need the help of God. Now, you've been fighting this war with this young boy for quite some time. And you just keep fighting it. You keep putting your hands on it. And God is simply, like, like just 
make it look like you're fighting them and God, you, God, you just trying to intervene and trying to, you know, you're, yeah, I mean, they're, now, do y'all see what's going on here? If, if you can just see. He, okay, first off, he needs changed. He needs to change, right? Only God can change him. Mama hadn't been able to change him, but he needs change. The problem is, the problem is she's in the way. She's intervening. She's, in, she's, she's interrupting the flow. She's right in the middle. He's trying to cause effect, but she's right in the middle blocking his help. I like that. She's, yeah, I like that. She, you got to drop down on your knees. So, she, so that's a problem. And so sometimes we're fighting, we're fighting people when God wants to take care of this person. Only God can take care of this person. You can holler, scream until you turn blue. And that person will continue to do it. And God is over here saying, but I got the answer. I got the answer. If you'll only let me help you. If you only let me help you, I got the answer. But no, you engaged in this fight. Go ahead, fight. <laughs> you engaged in this fight. God has all the wisdom. He's got all the answers. And, and look, he even turned his back on you. He done, he done, he's so defined, he done turned his back on you. And that's what we are doing. God is our father. God is our father, y'all. He's our father. Hey, out there. You're not fatherless. He is our father. And as our father, he's our protector. He gives us wisdom and insight and revelation. And he's always ready to help. But we stand in the middle of a good fight. See, now I call this is, I, I call, you can have a good fight if you get away. <laughs> you know, and you allow God to come in. And that's a good fight. You're not fighting at all, really, at this point. You're just allowing the Holy Spirit to change. The Holy Spirit is an agent of change. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, oh, well, he, it's, he's taken too long. You know how we do. It's too long. How long have I have to suffer you, you, you being defiant? No, you could do more in the Spirit than you can with your hands on it. And if you're saying the same thing over and over, it's... Something's not getting through. It's not getting through. It's just not. You know, and sometimes we'll say the same thing over and over and expect different results. And, and, and that's insanity. So we got to allow God, our Father, to do what he does. Don't stand in between. And then we justify, we, we, we come up with excuses. Well, you know, uh, I can't be the parent that, you know, uh, that he needs and I feel so bad because I just don't have what it takes and you know you start to just beat up on yourself and it's a trick of the enemy it's a trick of the enemy so we can't don't stand in a in a fight that God is trying to do with another person don't stand in the way you know oh this is good you ever been in a fight you ever been in a fight and all of a sudden the person that you want the person that you want to get at you're in the fight but somebody stands in the way what do you do you try to get over that person you try to get a you try to get a, a a punch over that person around that person you you they got to hold you back cuz you jumping on <laughs> you know what i'm saying 
And, and so to stand in the middle of a fight, you don't even like it. You don't even like it. And so we have to do the same thing. Thank you all. I appreciate that. Thank y'all. So we got to make sure that we don't stand in the way. Make sure we're not standing in the way. And you know, when, uh, if you know that you can't fight, this is the other thing. If you know you cannot fight, stand back and just tell the Lord, go ahead. If you know you cannot fight, and you know, you know if the battle's too big for you, stand back and say to God, your father, go ahead. And that releases him to go ahead and do what he does best. And that is to do things that we can't do. So we got to quit trying to put our hands on the things as if God can't handle the battle that we face. Here's another thing. It's taking too long. <laughs> you know, he tells us what to do if we're impatient. Let's go to James 1, 2. Thank you, Lord. James 1, 2. All right. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations different kind of temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, remember, we, we talked about what the enemy's trying to do. He's actually trying to steal our faith. But it says uh, that the trying of our faith worketh patience. And so when our faith is tried, we have to know that our faith is actually uh, being worked on, that we have to operate in patience. We have to allow, let patience have its perfect work. You know, we want things now. We want it yesterday. But sometimes there, there has to be some time. You know, uh, you want people to get whatever it is that you uh, want them to get. You don't want them to just do it and they don't have a revelation why they're doing it because they will end up doing the very thing you don't want them to do. They got to have a revelation. So if it takes a little time for them to get it, hey, you pray and you intercede for them and believe God to make a change. Believe God to make a change. It's particularly hard for, like, when you have uh, teenagers. I know we, we uh, had Mondale as a teenager, and, you know, I mean, he didn't do everything that I would like him to do, but, you know, for the most part, um, you know, I did have to make some allowances. Now, it was tough because you, you see them going off on the clip, and you're like, no, no, don't go over there. No, no. You find yourself just running behind them like they're a two-year-old. But, but to be honest with you, sometimes you got to let them fall off the cliff. <laughs> Somebody said the whole cliff. But sometimes, and that's an exaggeration, but sometimes you do have to allow their flesh to be touched for them to even know, hey, when I do this, this happens. But if, they, if we're always protecting and guarding them from feeling the sting and pain of their choices, they never learn. They never learn. And, and I think we, we as especially mothers, mothers are notorious for this, where we don't like seeing our kids in pain. 
we we really it grieves us but what we don't what we don't know is yeah it may grieve us but they're paying a price if we don't allow them to do it to trip and fall at times they're paying a price because how will they ever know how, some people, like Pastor always say, have to stick their hand in the toilet and realize it stinks. Some people can learn by other people's example. Oh, when you put, stick your hand in the toilet, I'm going to tell you it stinks. It, hey, that's all I need to hear. But some people literally, like I was one of those ones that I, I, I wouldn't stick my hand in the toilet, but I'm just saying I was one of the ones that I needed to experience some things. I don't, you know, that's just my makeup. Well, I was defiant. <laughs> I was disobedient, you know. Um, so anyway, but, but yeah, so we, we, we have to, as parents and mothers, uh, make room for allowance so that our kids can learn. You know, if you tell, if, and, and God does that with us if you think about it. You know, he tells us what to do in his word, but he doesn't make us. He gives us free choice. He gives us will. You know, uh, uh, he, he wants our will to get in line with his will, but he doesn't make us do anything otherwise we would be a robot we would be robotic and so we've got we we, we have to allow uh, God to fight our battle to get that total peace uh, and and contentment when we do that the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding our faith in the revelation of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross is another um, another uh, thing that Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So we talked about our faith in God. He also wants to steal our faith in the revelation of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. You know, Isaiah 53, 5 talks about he is a healer. He was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with every stripe that he bore on his back uh, we are healed is what the scripture says we're healed and so he's trying to take that faith of us believing in the fact that we are healed if if you're faced with some type of you know disease in your body it's hard i mean i can only imagine i've never had to deal with any life life threatening uh, issues but i can only imagine if someone tells you you got you know 3 months to live that that is crazy for me to think about i mean you know that that that's like how do you but Faith, you got to have faith in God's word, irregardless of what, what is, what is uh, being told to you. He provides uh, physical healing. He's the great physician. Mental healing, you know. Uh, he's a heart fixer and a mind regulator. You know, I mean, the, the enemy, he wants to take your faith in believing that he is a mind regulator. That he can't, like, he, the enemy wants you to think that, oh, well, you're just hopeless. You've got mental illness, and you'll always have mental illness. You'll always be on pills. You'll never, you know, uh, think right. You'll always be double-minded. You know, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But that's a lie from the enemy. He doesn't want you to have faith. He's trying to steal your faith. 
And then the last one is uh, our faith in the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 in the AMP says uh, what the Holy Spirit does. He's our helper. He will teach us everything that we need to know. He'll bring everything to our remembrance, what Christ said. He's our comforter. He comforts us during life crises and, and challenges and distresses. He's our advocate. He will support, uh, he will give support to those who feel like they are not heard. That's another, see, being an advocate, you know, when you advocate for somebody, uh, usually the person does not feel like they're being heard. He's an advocate. And he's also an intercessor. He will pray to our Father on your behalf. He's our counselor. He gives us great advice and wisdom in every situation if we'll listen to him. He's our strengthener. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the faint, and them that have no might, he gives strength. He's our standby. Standing by, ready to assist in everything that we need assistance uh, for. And so, you know, we, we have to realize the enemy is trying to take our faith and believing that God is who he is. He doesn't want us to have any revelation in Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. And he doesn't want us to have faith in the Holy Spirit. So it's the faith, our faith. He's trying to take our faith, y'all. The scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. We are in a fight, and the, the fight is to hold on to our faith without wavering. Let's go to Hebrews 10.23. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. The Bible tells us that the fight, to fight the good fight of faith. Let's read uh, 1 Timothy 6.12. It says, uh, let's see, 6.12. I'm on the wrong it says, fight the good fight of faith. See, so there is a good fight that you, you fight. Not the bad fights that we fight one another and we do. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Where unto or where unto thou art also called and hast professed the good profession uh, before many witnesses. So we got to fight the good fight of faith is what it's telling us to do. Hallelujah. Paul fought, fought many battles, but when he was nearing his death, he told Timothy three things. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4 and 7. It says, this is what he told Timothy. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. See, he was in a lot of battles, but he, he went on to say before he departed, told Timothy, I have fought a good fight. 
I have finished my course. See, every last one of us have something that God really wants us to do. He finished his course. Are you going to finish your course? And then he kept the faith. He held on to the faith. And so, like Paul, Hebrews 10, uh, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, uh, that promise. We have to finish our race. And if, if, if we do not know what that race is, then we should spend time with God to find out. And we can do that by our daily communion with him and then also serving in his kingdom. When you serve, it's something about serving that, that opens up uh, the possibilities of what, what God has in store for your life, the road that he wants you to go down. When you start to serve, you start to see uh, where you fit in, especially in, in God's house. And then no matter what happens, keep our faith in God. Don't let nobody or nothing take your faith from Jesus Christ or God or the Holy Spirit. Protect it, guard it, do whatever you have to do. But don't let nothing keep your faith in God. Keep your faith. Hold fast to your faith. And that, see, the enemy knows that. That's why he, and think about it. The, the, the scripture says he dealt every man a measure of faith. Now, everybody, the, the faith that he gave every person, they probably started off with the same, but some people, their faith increased because of how they believed in God. You know, when it's all said and done, to be honest with you, it, if, if you can't do anything in your own strength and you don't see the results of what you're doing, you need God. You can't have faith in yourself. You have to faith in somebody who's bigger than you, somebody who's greater than you, somebody that, who knows more than you, somebody that can see more than you, somebody that can cause a, 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 an effect to take place in a situation that you can't handle. And so we, 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 that's God. We got to have faith. We have faith in God, faith in Jesus, and faith in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the central figure in this earth. It, it, the scripture said that it was expedient. The, the disciples were like, no, no, don't go, master. Don't, don't leave us. But he said, I, don't, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll send you someone. It's expedient that I go so then I can send the comforter. I can send the person that is now the central figure in the earth that you can rely on. You can get advice. You can get wisdom. You can get insight on what to do. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. But we serve a God that does. And so it's important that we guard our heart with all diligence. We, 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 we fight the good fight of faith. You know, faith is the victory. Just faith in itself is the victory. So, you know, uh, my sister, um, she, uh, she had MS. And she was 37 when she passed away. And the one thing about Camille, her name was Camille, she had such great faith. That girl, she pressed, she pressed, and she was serving y'all on the door as an usher or as, as a greeter, and she couldn't walk. But she used the door, the doorway, to, to, to hold her, her body up. She was determined. 
that this is not going to beat her. She was determined. So she fought a good fight of faith. And God, I'm sure, when he received her, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. She was faithful. The question is, are we? Are you faithful in what God has given you? Are you faithful in depending on God? Are you faithful having faith and believing in God? Are you faithful that no matter what it looks like, you know that God somehow, some way is going to turn that thing around for you? And he has. Man, when I look back over my life, you know, there were so many different situations that I was in that I could have been dead. I mean, stuff that I did to myself. Some I was even embarrassed to say. But I put myself in particular situations and God delivered me every single time. And so when you think about all the things that you're fretting over, like even right now, if there's some issues that you're dealing with right now uh, and it feels like it's so, uh, you know, insurmountable, like it's just so big, you, you, you're, you're thinking everything's going to blow up. Guess what? You've been there before. And you're still here. And you still haven't blown, you haven't blown up. <laughs> God, the same God that brought us through each of those tests, trials, and tribulations, the same God is going to bring us through the current one. You can count on it. But a lot of times we don't, we don't think about it. We don't think about, man, you know, like uh, some, of, some of us have gone through abuse, physical abuse, you know, emotional abuse. And we say, how in the world am I? Like, like when you think of some of the stories you've heard and even some of your own stories, including mine, you know, I, I, I don't know how I got over. But I know having faith in God now, I use that every single time to know that God, the same God that delivered me then, is the same God that will deliver me again. And he wants to. But we got to hold on to our faith. We got to believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There are some unseen things uh, Amelia was talking about yesterday. You know, Lord, open my eyes that I may see more than what I see. Because what I see is not, I see that every day. Help me to see what I can't see. Because there, I guarantee you, there's some things, like that uh, thing that Amelia uh, had on, on yesterday when she had, you know, she had uh, Jesus. Uh, it was like uh, uh, abstracts or whatever, and the word Jesus was embedded in that abstract. Well, think about it. Everybody didn't see it, but it exists. So there are things that we don't see, and we can't trust what we see. Because we, we, if, if what we see is not what we are believing for, well, you can't hang your hat on that. You got to see beyond what you can't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope, you got to hope. Hope deferred, the scripture says, makes the heart sick. We need hope. We need to believe in the impossible. With God, he says, all things are possible. To what? them that believe the enemy is trying to steal your faith that's what he's trying to do he's trying to steal your faith but you got to hold on to your faith because you're going to need your faith 
You're going to need your faith for healing. You're going to need your faith to, to get through some hard times in your life. You'll need your faith. You got to hold on to it. You got to fight to hold on to your faith. Because the circumstances of life will be talking and, and back you down. But God and his word is true. So hold on to your faith. Fight the good fight of faith. That's, what it, that's, that's the kind of fight we need. Fight the good fight of faith. A good fight is when uh, the faith... The, or the fight does not cost you or another person's life. That's a good fight. That you keep silent and let the Lord fight for you. We already talked about that. Exodus 14, 14 is a good verse for that. Or when someone is faced with a life-threatening sickness and no matter what the doctor says, they hold on to the great physician's words of Jesus, by his stripes, we are healed. Now, God goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. That's found in Deuteronomy 20, uh, verse 4. We have to finish our race. That's the other thing. We, wanna, we want God to say, well done. So if you focus on doing the will of God, if you focus on, you know, even if you don't even know what, what God wants you to do, you know, like your purpose and all of that right now, just like I said earlier, start serving and it will unfold. I promise you, it will begin to unfold. But, but, but you need to finish what race you're on. Just finish it. Just keep, keep being consistent. Keep the faith no matter what. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we just want to put our hands on situations, but sometimes it requires for us to take our hands off and stand still and see him at work. And then, like I said, do the will of God so that when the final day, and none of us know what that final day is. We don't know. You know, I'm 50, 58. What am I, 58? Y'all know. <laughs> no, I'm 58. And the thing about it is, I mean, I'm believing to get to 120. But we, the, the reality is no man knows the day that they, they're, they're, and people are dying early. I'm not believing I'm going to die, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> God forbid if Jesus doesn't come, I want, I, whether he comes or he doesn't, I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. So the fight is not with your mama. It's not with your kids. It's not with, it's not with, with your job. It's not, it's with the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy your faith. He's trying to snatch your faith, your faith in God, your faith in Jesus, your faith in the Holy Spirit. He wants to snatch it right up under, because he doesn't want you to have victory. Because faith is the victory. Glory to God. My time is up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, if you could take your phones off mute, uh, if anybody online has a thought, uh, maybe share what you heard that impacted you or something that made, made you think, uh, if you would care to share.